Welcome to the History Slam podcast from ActiveHistory.ca. Here's your host, Sean Graham. Thank you, Adam. Welcome to the History Slam, everybody. I am Sean Graham coming at you today nearly live from Ottawa, Ontario. The fall is here in the nation's capital. Leaves changing, cool weather. It's all here. It's all happening. Winter is upon us. And we have a different show for you today from what we normally do here on the History Slam. Typically, I bring in a guest and we talk about whatever their subject is. That's usually how it goes on the show. And uh, I really love doing that type of show, getting to talk to people from various disciplines and various uh, avenues of history and, and talking about what it is that they study. But I wanted today to do something a little different from that normal type of show because I've noticed both on social media, well, mostly on social media, but also in some of the articles I've read recently about the profession and, and where things are going about a lot of the negative side of, of history and uh, particularly academia. But just in general, there's seems to be a lot of negativity out in the world right now. And a lot of it may be warranted with what's going on. We are in the midst here in Canada, of course, of a federal election campaign. There is the political situation in the United States as what is going on down there is uh, greatly covered here in Canada as well. Uh, but you have you know, you have the climate strike that uh, is, seems to be ongoing, uh, the whole situation with uh, the UN and uh, you know you have the the great speech there by Greta last week uh, as we record this and then Donald Trump does does his speech and there seems to be a lot of debate and back and forth over uh, the ramifications of the this long term and it's scary in a lot of ways but the way in which people are interacting with with each other both on social media within the mainstream media, if I can use that term, there isn't a lot of, uh, not even just optimism, there's not a lot of respect for other people. There's this thing that uh, Ben Mulroney actually tweeted out where it said, you know, John's a conservative, Sally's a liberal, they're still friends. It'd be like John and Sally. And that does seem to be going away a little bit. Again, social media is not real life. I get it. But it, it can be dispiriting some days to you know, go look at the news, go to social media and see what's going on. So I thought it would be nice to feed the positive because in my life, there's a lot of good things. Uh, professionally. And I really do love being a historian. It's a lot of fun for me. I've had some incredible opportunities with being a historian. So I wanted to take this opportunity to really talk about why it is that I like being a historian and try to frame that discussion in a way that hopefully 
uh, at least for me and hopefully for some of you out there as well, will allow us to take our interest, our collective interest in history and do something good with it instead of engaging in, you know, back and forth yelling at each other. So uh, I took to Twitter, uh, you know, after I say that, you know, social media can be really bad and negative. I did take to Twitter and, and ask for people to talk about why they liked being a historian and didn't really get that many responses. I'll be honest. A bunch of people liked the tweet and retweeted the tweet. Didn't get too many responses there on why people like being historians, but that's okay. Cause I do have my own list. I have five things that I really like about being a historian that I think as a historian, it brings a lot of, of satisfaction to me professionally and it reminds me of why I like researching and learning about the past in general. So I will say too that professionally for me right now, I am an adjunct professor at the at Carleton University, which is where my academic sort of home is right now. Uh, I have also for the past year and a bit been working at Parks Canada as a historian, uh, as a full-time gig there with the Heritage Sites and Monuments Board of Canada, doing a lot of research and writing about nominations that come in from the public for potential national historic sites or national historic persons or national historic events. Uh, And on top of that, I've been working with the Vimy Foundation as their education coordinator as we put together uh, experiential learning opportunities for high school students from across the country. So those are the gigs that I'm currently involved in in addition to doing this show. So just as a full disclosure, I, I do work as a historian in a variety of different capacities. And each one of them allows me to you know, flex my muscles, if you will, my historical muscles in a very different way. And one of the things that I've really noticed, and this is the first thing that I love about being a historian, is that it allows me to think about the contemporary world and contemporary life in a variety of different ways. You know, when I'm at Parks Canada in, in that position, I'm thinking a lot about, you know, how we commemorate things today and the meaning of commemoration, the power of that, the significance of it, especially when I have the opportunity to talk to people who have nominated things. There's a lot of significance that comes from how and why and when we commemorate various historical events and people and sites. And and it's a lot of fun to think about that in the contemporary sense. Also, there's with the Vimy kids that, that we work with, you know, teaching about the two world wars, primarily the first world war, and its significance in their life. Uh, you know, we just went through this whole thing with the 100th anniversary of the war and the work that was done, say, at Active History, that phenomenal series over the past five years that we had on the site. It was so good. <laughs> and you know, just exposing the younger generation to that work and to the perspectives that have emerged over the past year has been really a lot of fun because it shows these these kids and it reminds me too that the war even though it's 100 years ago the significance of it and its meaning is is super relevant today 
you know, if you, not just the fighting of it, but how countries get along, how countries deal with each other, the idea of alliances internationally, the economics of the whole thing, all of these factors are still relevant today. So when we're teaching about the war, it's not just about the past, uh, but also it, it allows me, at least, to understand the contemporary world in terms of the international relations of it. Uh, on top of that, there's real questions about memory in there too. You, know, you go into cemeteries, they're very interesting places that have evolved over time. You go from active sites of memory of people who knew these individuals who are buried there to, in the case of a lot of the First World War cemeteries, nobody is left who knew the people who are buried there. But in the Second World War cemeteries, there are people left who knew those folks. So it's a really interesting dynamic at play when you go from active sites of remembrance for, for living memory to then secondhand memory and, and the push to keep that memory alive and how we in the contemporary world in modern times relate to these these stories from the past. So the, the first thing for me is really understanding uh, contemporary life. And I know that's a big thing for a lot of historians or people who think about historians is the idea of don't, or, or you got to understand history so you don't repeat it. I'm not a huge fan of that. I, as I wrote in an article a few years ago, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, right? There's a rhythm to it that comes back over and over again. That's not something I came up with either, but just by the way, uh, it's just a saying that I really enjoy. So the first obvious one is really getting a sense or a better understanding of contemporary life through understanding our history. The second thing for me that I really love about being a historian is putting things together. And this is something that Fiona McQuarrie on Twitter also said that going through putting things together like a puzzle, basically, and seeing how everything comes together or finding material that that thing in the archives that you've been searching for for a long time, and you finally get it. And these moments, these aha moments where things just come together uh, beautifully, it's it really is like doing a, a puzzle like a jigsaw puzzle, and you get that piece that just perfectly fits in. And when it slides in, it feels that it's just this amazing feeling of accomplishment. I mean, I remember during my archival research and when I was writing uh, my PhD, there were days where I would leave Library and Archives Canada, where I wrote most days, uh, as well as do research. I felt like I could lift a car <laughs> when I had a really good day or found something or had a breakthrough. And that has continued for me throughout my career as a historian. There are just days where everything comes together, you have that breakthrough, and it's such a cool feeling and something that when it happens, it, there's really nothing quite like it. So that search, which can be so frustrating and you go down so many rabbit holes and you can't quite find it. But once you get there, it's, there's really nothing like it. And so that process of putting things together, really flexing those analytical muscles to ensure that, or not even ensure that, just to 
you know, sh- the, the struggle to see how things fit together. And, you know, some days you do feel like I've never done this, but you do feel like putting up like a, an old cop show, the pictures on the board with a string and trying to see how everything connects together uh, <laughs> just to make sure everything, everything works. So that whole process of putting things together. Uh, so that's my number two that I really love. The next, the third thing for me are the stories. I adore learning new stories. And there is just something incredible about history when you come across different perspectives. You hear stories of of people doing amazing research or you hear stories of amazing people from the past you know, this is the 136th episode of the History Slam that we've done, and I've had on, I, I, I didn't do the count, but at least 150 people, you know, definitely between 150 and 200 people uh, for the number of episodes where we've had multiple guests on the show. And we haven't really told the same story twice. And that's because in history, you have an infinite number of stories to tell of events that have taken place, of the people who, who had those events, the significance to them. We can talk about things like memory. We can talk about commemoration. We can also just talk about the significance of a political move or a bill that was passed. There's so many different stories and so many different angles to take. And what I really love about history and being a historian is that you're never going to run out of them. And I do realize that I'm sure I'll get an email from somebody who's a mathematician or a scientist to say, well, we'll never run out of things in our disciplines either. And I'm sure that that is true. I, I'm not going to doubt that at all. but. I just have a sense that in history, we have the flexibility to go between so many different areas to, to learn new things. Like we can go from Greek religious practices all the way to the quiet revolution here in Canada and Quebec and the, the flexibility of different things is, is really great. And that leads me to the fourth one is the humanity of it. That when you talk about these different stories and the different people who lived these, these experiences through the past, we get a sense that people are people. And there is so much more that brings us together. There's so much that more that is the same about human beings than there are the differences of it. And I don't want anyone to sort of take this the wrong way, but it's something that bugs me so much is that the differences that we have in the world, generally speaking, are on the fringes. It's the last 1% of what we are as people. Everybody wants to live in a peaceful environment. They want to be safe. 
They want to be around their friends and family, their loved ones. Everybody you know, wants to love and be loved and be in support of happy environments. Nobody wants the opposite of that. And nobody strives for hatred. You know, hatred exists, of course, but when you ask people, the humanity of people really comes through and that the differences are on the fringes, on the edges. And yet, that's what we focus so much on, especially now in North America with the very contentious political situations that we have. I think if we could do a better job of recognizing what unites us as human beings, we'd be better. And that's what history does. The more you learn about people in the past, the more, at least for me, you learn that they're not that different from us, that different from us, that we're all people, that we're all the same in some way. And when we focus on the humanity of the past, allows us to focus on the humanity of today. And part of that is death. In studying history, we are talking to and with and about the dead, people who are no longer with us. Uh, and yeah, I once had a professor, um, uh, Professor Vakudiotis at the University of Ottawa, who he would say that Anything that's happened since World War II is political science. History ends in 1945, and everything since then is too recent to be considered history. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that statement, but he was making the case in part that living history is really hard to do and it's hard to really truly appreciate what's going on when there are people who are who have lived the experience you don't really get that opportunity to have critical distance from the event that's that's basically what his point was but at the same time what dawned on me is when he said that is that for him and, and to me at least what i do professionally is study people who are dead and since human beings have walked the earth there's been this confusion about death and its uncertainty you know religion is a lot of it is about what happens when we die there's so much that goes into trying to understand and process death and with history one of the things that i like about it is it's an ongoing conversation with the dead and for as much as there's this never ending push for immortality and uh, never-ending life and, and all that kind of stuff that through this pipe dream that human beings have forever searched for, the fountain of youth and all these ideas where we try to delay mortality in some way. History is, for me, kind of like that. It's an opportunity to allow those who are not here to express themselves and to give voice to their stories, to give voice to their struggles, to give voice to their experiences, and to allow them to teach us and to guide us and to learn from 
the mistakes they made, from the good things they did, from just their the entirety, the breadth of their experience. That's what history allows us to do. So we are putting the humanity back in the humanities while also engaging in this this conversation. And it's really empowering to me and amazing to me to think that I know I didn't get the explicit consent of those people because the people who I study have been dead for a long time and were dead before I was born. But in a certain way, through the records that are left, through the material that's there, we are as historians entrusted to tell the stories of these people, to give voice to them and be accurate and to treat them fairly as we assess what happened in the past and maintain their humanity as we do it. You know, there are larger ramifications of that. There are certain things in terms of commemoration and the naming of things that I think actually take the humanity out of history. And that's why I think that there's this bond that is created that it, as historians, we really have to maintain that trust with those who we study in order to, to not only be good historians, but also to remind ourselves of the humanity of the whole process. It's really easy to forget as you go through and you study that these were human beings who, you know, as trivial as it may seem, you know, on a Wednesday night when they got home, didn't know what to have for dinner, right? That, you know, that sort of this universal experience that, that happens to all of us that, you know, what are you going to eat? I don't know right? That that sort of happens, right? And the reminding ourselves of what that means to be human beings uh, is really powerful and really something that I love about being a historian. Uh, and the final thing about being a historian that I love, and this is really personal to me, the opportunities that it has given me are, are unbelievable. I am someone who did not know what I wanted to do for a living when I went to uh, Nipissing University as a 17-year-old. Um, you know, my first week on campus was before my 18th birthday. And Steve High said to me at the end of the first semester that he thought I would be a good history major. I wrote a good paper, so go for it. And that moment put me down this path to being a historian. I didn't know what grad school was until the third year of undergrad. Nipissing didn't have grad programs at the time. And it wasn't until I was at the University of the West Indies on a, on a program there for a year that uh, grad school was even brought up to me as a thing, let alone a possibility for me to do it. Even just knowing that such a thing existed, uh, you know, that's how sort of out of uh, mind something like grad school was for me that, that I didn't even know what it was. And from there, I've had the opportunity to live in different places across the country. I've been able to live in different countries uh, around the world. Uh, it's taken me to a variety of different places. And I'm so extremely grateful for the opportunities that history and being a historian has given me just on a personal level. And uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, because 
to a certain extent, I still don't really know what I want to do for a living, but I know that every day that I, when I wake up and I get to study the past in some capacity that there's some, there's a possibility there of having a day where I feel like I can lift a car at the end of it. And I love the possibility of that and knowing that on a daily basis. So there you go. Different type of episode, I know. Uh, but I did want to take this opportunity uh, just just not only for me. I mean, I've been having lately a lot of, of feedback and I've gotten the sense that there's a lot of frustration out there in the world, uh, you know, not just with the politics and you know, environmental issues and, and things that we get riled up about. And I'm not saying it's unjustified to get riled up about a lot of these issues. But in that environment, I wanted to just take an opportunity to express gratitude for the opportunities that I have, that I have been lucky enough to work as a historian for the my entire career. And there's a lot of good things about being a historian. And I just wanted to go through and talk about those. If you agree with me or you have other things that you want to talk about or mention that you really like about being a historian or just the study of history broadly, right? If you listen to the show and you're not a historian, that that's not your profession, why do you like history? Like, what is it for you that really attaches you to it and makes you want to go through and read and listen to the show? watch documentaries, go to museums, whatever it is that you like about history, uh, hit me up, let me know. Let's feed the positive in this environment where sometimes it can be hard to find the positive in things. So let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever. You can also email the show HistorySlam at gmail.com and let me know what you think. So thank you for listening to the show. Again, I know it's a little different. No guests this time, just me. But that'll be the only time we do this. <laughs> um, unless you really like it. And if you really like it, let me know. And we can find more topics to do these sort of monologue type episodes about. But I'm getting the sense that after 135 episodes, people are tuning in for the guest. <laughs> and not so much for me. So we will be back in a couple weeks. We got some great guests lined up for the rest of the fall as I've been feverishly booking people for the show for the rest of the year. We're going every other Wednesday. If you're listening to this one on the day it drops, it's October 2nd. Every other Wednesday through December, we're going to have a new show. Some great guest lines up uh, for you so I'm really excited about what's coming forward, but I did just want to take this opportunity again to feed the positive and to remind at least myself, if nobody else, what's great about being a historian, why I love it, and why I'm so fortunate to have the opportunity to do this for a living. So that being said, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows like and rate and do all that stuff, help other people find the show and do head over to activehistory.ca. We had a lot of great stuff go up on the website over the past little while. 
uh, with the theme week last week. Really great stuff there. So definitely check it out, activehistory.ca. We are on a, a really good run there. And also, I checked out the schedule moving forward for October, November, December. Uh, we are jam-packed loaded. Really uh, uh, some good stuff in the queue. Uh, some nice, uh, some nice people who are coming in, uh, you know, some, some people who I always love reading what they have are on the docket. So I'm really excited for what's coming up over the next couple of months. I think we're going to have a real strong end of the year. So definitely head us up over at activehistory.ca. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with you in a couple weeks, but until then, if you're out, you see Enrico Palazzo, please say hi for me. Thanks for listening to the History Slam podcast. Be sure to check out Active History for more features, articles, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes.